Hey everyone, I'm Ryan. And I'm Steven. This is 60 Cycle Hum. Wow, I cannot talk tonight. 60 Cycle Hum, the guitar <laughs> buying, selling, trading, modding, fixing, breaking, reviewing, playing from guitar.com live. Oh, we're doing something different. Podcast. We're, uh, we're hosted by guitar.com. They're doing this live uh, kind of virtual guitar convention event. Yeah. And we're part of it first day. And then tomorrow we're going to do a panel with a bunch of cool people. Yeah. So tune in for that tomorrow. Uh, if you're hearing this in the future, oh, well, you missed it. So anyways, our first ad, <laughs> I want to change that background real quick. Uh, there we go. Something a little bit more this, normal. This first ad is a from Michael Krause. It yep. is a authentic 1918 Gibson style U-harp, rare. Gibson's harp and guitar in one over 100 Years old. Well, yeah, it's a couple of years over 100 years old because it's a 1918. It's 102 years old. It's 102. It's $4,000. Are these worth anything? <laughs> I, I, I feel no like $4,000 is a steal considering Gibsons from the 50s go for hundreds of thousands of dollars or something stupid like that, yeah, right? Yeah, those are Gibsons people want. <laughs> That, that is true. Those are Gibson's people want. Uh, I mean, this was probably a hot, just pile of sex instrument when it came out 102 years ago. A harp and a guitar. And look at that big old curly top horn on there. Yeah. This yeah. is no joke. This is this is a serious instrument for a serious musician. What is this tuned? <laughs> it's open everything. There is there is like the harp side, and then is the other part just a guitar? The other part is just a guitar. It's a guitar. I, I mean, I'm not speaking from experience. I've never picked one of these so up. So this guy, the seller, says that one in similar condition has sold for between seven and twelve thousand uh, dollars. So is this just this? Apparently, is the quick sale price? I feel like he's being coy. Like he one sold. He knows what it sold for. Like tell us. Don't give us that. Big no, no. Range. He's saying ones. Ones. ones in similar condition. Not oh, this ones. One. I see. I ones. see. Okay. I didn't hear the S on yeah, there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I have no idea of the value of this thing. I kind of want to touch it, though. I kind of want to play this. I kind of want to touch it. <laughs> that is weird. That it's is not weird. weird. Thing to say. We're, it's a guitar podcast, Steve. It's, I want to touch it. It's normal for us to want to touch me things. Touch it. I want to touch it. I want to hold this. This is like an ultimate. Like double neck sort of situation, it is. It is, and um, the the I guess it's going to be droney. Oh yeah, drone for days on this thing. I guess I'm going to have to learn how to play harp. $4, you know what? dollars. You know what's crazy about this? Like people are buying, you know, sixty year old Gibsons right now, mm-hmm. and it's a huge deal. Like, oh man, I got this vintage Gibson Les Paul. No big deal. Yeah, I, yeah, I played it in my studio recording. Yeah, I played it live or whatever. Like. Like Joe Bonamassa, you know, also guest of <laughs> Guitar Live <laughs> at some point around here. Uh, he has all kinds of vintage uh, Gibsons and stuff like that. But you rewind the clock to the 60s, the 70s, whatever. Like, you never saw Jimmy Page pick up one of these. This was a 60-year-old guitar. Yeah. In his in the, uh, you know, the prime of his heyday. That's what I'm saying. That's why this is worthless. <laughs> $40. Because Jimmy Page never played it? Jimmy Page never played it. I was just saying, like, he could have picked this instead of, you know, the double neck for, you know, whenever he was playing in Zeppelin and whatnot. The double neck Gibson. What are you doing? Don't 
Don't double play us. What I'm you... trying to see. We, I'm trying to see if the chat's dead. If we killed the chat, we didn't kill the chat. It's, Where's the chat? I don't know. It's, people just haven't joined yet. Oh, okay. <laughs> Relax, dude. <laughs> a, we're, I'm spazzing out. We're I'm totally sl- freaking out. We're over a here. slow grower over here. I we're, guess so. we're not publishing to our normal thing. I know. And also, there's supposed to be delay on the chat, so don't worry okay. about it. We're cool. We're not going to worry about the chat. We're just going to do a normal podcast. Fine. Just relax. Just itchy all over. This is uh, this is like a wall Steve hanger. Steve needs his chat fixed, this guys. This is a wall hanger, I guess, for me. I don't know. Could you hang this on a wall? Like, you could not string swing this. It's going to hang diagonally, and all that weight on the, the headstock is definitely going to snap that headstock. No, tw- that's, twisting a, it that's funny. a good headstock. This is an acoustic. It's going to be lighter than a Les Paul. <laughs> but it's got a harp connected to it. You just need a fan. You just need a... You need that... Uh, What's that company that they're trying to get us to? to they want to be on the show, and we're like, yeah. Um, <laughs> it makes us sound so bigwig, but we are not but a they, big deal. But well, no, it's because they make a hanger that's not a string swing. That it's like it's got a guitar holder, and then it's got like a cup for picks, and then a cup next to it for like a cup. I don't know. It's like, but it's like a whole guitar station. I like this view where your hanger. face is yeah, covered. Yeah, I just figured barely. you would. <laughs> Unbelievable. I don't remember that hanger. You'll have to show it to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, you have to figure out some sort of custom way to display this. I would just probably leave it in a case and just bust it out at parties and weddings and things like that. Mm-hmm. Be like, oh, let me show you this old timey guitar I have and blow off the dust. And everyone will be amazed. And I'm like, I don't know how to play it. And I'll <laughs> put it back away and be like, well, I'll bring it out in another 15 years. What do you think this thing is tuned? What is I already tuning? said is drop everything. Every, drop everything. Every one of those uh, harp strings is a, a drone. I don't think that's how harps work. That's a, that's how harps work. It's just one big it's one big drone. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I got this $20,000 instrument. Oh, what, what tuning is it in? D? Oh, like D major? Like no, all D the ma- strings are no, D. No, it's just D. <laughs> well, how many strings do we have here on the harp? Two, four, five, six, eight, nine. What do you do with nine strings? What do you tune them to? Uh, I'm assuming you have to pick a key. Well, you don't have to pick a key, or at least like a key that kind of like well, I guess you like two do, two right? keys that kind of kind of mash together. So and it's got it's got friggin' like piano tuners on it. Yeah, you're not gonna like change tuning mid song. Like you set this to your tune, and you're like, well, this is my guitar harp. That I play in E and I play it in D, and that's it. So deal with it. You know, it's called a guitar. That's what I'm calling it. Guitar. Guitar pit. <laughs> what's the first? What's the first song you'd play on this bad boy, Steve? Uh, over, you pick this up. Uh, over the hills, Led Zeppelin. Over the hills, Led Zeppelin. I would probably play. I mean, assuming that I knew how to play "Over the Hills," is that what that song called? "Over the Hills." <laughs> I would probably play uh, Blister in the Sun by Violent Femmes. Really? Yeah. And, like all on the guitar part. And then I would find, you know, like the uh, the G and the C yeah. on the harp just to accentuate it every just now and then. be like, let me drone on, <laughs> on a Gibson U harp. Like a Gib harp in the sun. No, that's better. That's better than what I said. <laughs> oh, man. We didn't discuss this earlier. What's new, Steve? Uh, what's new is uh, I got my pedal in the Caroline Wave Cannon 2, the WC2. This is a special finish. Uh, 
And I got it from the Sam Ash. They sold on Reverb. Sam Ash. Samuel Ash, huh? Philadelphia, I think. Uh, And in true Super Rich Steve fashion, I have not played that yet. And I don't know when I'm going to. But I'm going to (laughs) say. Never to be played. I'm going to say I'm going to play it soon. This thing's in like crazy good condition. There is. I mean, there's a, a couple scratches on the bottom. Yeah. But otherwise, this is minty. Yeah, it is. Was I it guess if there's be- scratches on the bottom, you can't say it's minty. Was but it supposed to be pretty used? I don't know. You bought it off Reverb. You never know what something <laughs> I'm going to get off of Reverb. Reverber. It's designed and created at our small batch distortery in Columbia, <laughs> South Carolina. That's fun. Yeah. I don't know if all of the bottom stickers are the same. I would think that they would be, but distortery on a distortion pedal I want now. I yeah, know, you can't put that on a phaser. Now I want to know if or delay. Uh, if my uh, Meteore says a small batch reverbery on it. <laughs> it's probably some other unique quip that you could never small batch echo chamber on my delay. <laughs> my microphone's falling down, Ryan. Well, you gone. did this to me. Is that better? No, that's fine. I'll just I'll just keep getting lower and lower and lower. So professional here on so, Guitar so Live, helpless. adjusting microphones in the there middle of go. the show. Good job. Uh, Good we job, can't boss. see the comments if there are any. There uh, aren't. There aren't comments. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> it, on our side, it tells us that no one is watching, which is very depressing. Uh, That's so if, fine. if you're watching, hi, doesn't tell us no one is watching. It just doesn't tell us. No, oh, over here it says mind. zero people. All right. <laughs> but we're going to republish this all onto our normal what YouTube. Do you have that's new, right? And onto Jeez. the podcast feed at some point. I changed all the knobs and switches on my Cyclone the other day, and I did a live video of that. Yeah, it looks really good. And I uh, published my demo of the new JHS pedals this morning, as did everyone else. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's how many subscribers did you lose, lose over this program to? media blitz i don't think any clearly you're part of big pedal no one was complaining in that direction like they did with the walrus launch no one's like oh great here we go again even though there's plenty of channels and you know there's channels that you've never even heard of before covering the jhs pedals because i don't know for sure but i'm pretty sure uh dealers Mm -hmm. all got a head start they all got to publish at midnight sort of thing Gotcha. Um, and so a lot of those dealers started up little YouTube channels and did their own coverage of the pedals. Mm. And so at midnight last night, I'm looking around on YouTube I'm like, whoa, there's like 15 videos of these pedals up from channels I've never heard of before. And they all have like 20 views on them. <laughs> because they're like small little dealer shops and stuff like that. They're like, oh, let's make a video. Maybe we'll sell them first because uh, JHS did a smart thing and... Uh, and got the uh, the products into all the dealers' hands. Right. It sounded like they made like 100,000 pedals or something like that. Jeez. Yeah. It, it, just an immense amount of these $99 pedals and got them out to everyone before the launch. And somehow it all stayed quiet. It was all a surprise for the most part. To, Do you have any of those around here? Uh, yeah, they're in the corner back there. Oh. Yeah, if you want to grab one. Um, I really like the fuzz. I'll say that. I really, really like it. Uh, it hits... Uh, the itches I like scratched uh, with fuzz pedals doing that big kind of Velcro sort of thing. Oh, this is the case I like. Oh, he likes this case. Uh, I forget what case this is, but this is like the lower profile. Yes, it's slightly so it's smaller. Like the same, it's slightly smaller than like, I think this is the 125B. And I think this is the 1590. We got a case a, nerd here. Something like that. We got a case nerd. But he knows about it's cases. It's a slightly smaller case. 
Um, it doesn't take up. It doesn't take up like a ton less space on a board, but it just looks. It's cute. It's, it's a, cute. It's a cute case. It's, it's a very cute lightweight. case. <laughs> no, they're a good size. Oh, uh, yeah. I think they're a good value. I think they're uh, pretty comparable in sound quality to just like your standard kind of bosses, yeah. like your simpler DODs and Digitex and, you know, things like that. Your MXRs, your your simple three-knob, sure. uh, you know, pedals. I mean, that, it's, what, it's what it's doing. There's not a lot of bells and whistles here. There's a fat switch. But that's about it, you know. It's not trying to break the mold and claim to be like some sort of crazy boutique thing. It's right? A, it's a fuzz. But it is. But it is. I mean, these are these are still made by JHS in right. But I'm just saying, America. like, there's no claims being made of any court sniffery. No, you know, of the circuit or a, anything. A like lot that. of people. Uh, uh, not a lot of people. A few people I talked to are like, these these must be imported. They must be doing the EHX thing and like built oh it's a hundred percent populated overseas and they just slapped some knobs on the case and said it was built in america i have no idea but, but really like when you look at the jhs lineup for pedals they don't make they don't use the same case layout on two pe- on any two pedals every single case right, layout right. is different and so what they did with these is, is they streamlined it they streamlined it and you yeah. can probably save a ton of money just by streamlining. Also, I wonder if these, it's smaller, it uses less metal, therefore it's cheaper. I wonder if the circuit boards are streamlined too. Like they they designed a circuit board that could be all seven circuits. You just drop in the components in different. They're ones. actually that's all, completely like I have no idea. I'm just making. They're stuff actually up. all digital. They're all FV1, <laughs> uh, and they're just all the exact same pedal with different programming. Right. If you can get I in there, definitely made that up right now. <laughs> Josh, don't kill me. Uh, the producer Phil producer Phil just asked us in the, the private chat, guys, can you see the YouTube chat? I we can now. We cannot. No, that is the private chat oh. that I just put up there. That is not the YouTube chat. So that is something to be aware of. It's fine. If, if he can see it, that's great. Just, you know, we don't know if anyone's watching, which is fine because we usually, we used to do this, um, Brian, uh, this is the future. It can be better. We used to do this pre-recorded. That's true. There we go. Nope. All right. I think he's copy pasting. You uh, use two wall stands. There we go. Okay. That, okay. That makes sense. <laughs> Why did I think of that? Uh, is this the part where we do a sponsor or something? This I don't remember. Is the part where we do a sponsor? What's the first one you want to do? Uh, the first sponsor I have is Big Ear Pedals, maker oh, of the Albi. There for you. Uh, Albi, your shining star. <laughs> Albi. That's I'll, all I got. I'll be back. <laughs> you can call me Albi. Yeah, the Albi, the mysterious and amazing multi-effect pedal. That's not actually a multi-effect pedal because you can't change the multiple effects. The multi-effects are curated. There's multiple effects on each patch up here, and you scroll through it with a selector knob here in between each. In, in between eight of the patches, and there's only a single blend control. It's pretty much the most revolutionary multi-effect on the market. The Albi by Big Ear. Here we go. Go did check I, out BigEarPedals.com. Did I sponsor good? I think you did. I think you did. I think you did right. They have. They don't just have this uh, modulating insanity. They also have the L, which is a great mm-hmm. uh, little reverb pedal. Yeah. The Woodcutter, which is an amazing take. On a rat circuit, uh, and the loaf, 
Those are the three petals that I know about. Oh, and the the Black Betty slash Betty White. Yeah, yeah. They have those fuzzes. Yeah. So go check out Bigger Petals. Go buy everything that they make twice. Two times. Three times. A lady. Uh, (laughs) First topic, uh, we thought we might as well kind of like address the elephant in the room. Is this the elephant in the room? This is the elephant in the room. This is the thing everyone wants us to talk about. I don't know about But they're too afraid. This is the thing the other shows on Guitar Live are too afraid to talk about. But we've got the guts. How do we know they're afraid to talk about it? Today's day one. Producer Phil's going to jump in and cut this off at any moment because this this conversation is going to get too dangerous and too risque, too countercultural. Is this the future? Is this is this the way things are going? Uh, Are virtual guitar shows going to be a thing? Is this a viable alternative to Nam, to the Amp Show, to you know various you know in person physical shows that usually happen throughout the year but can't happen? Obviously, this year. I, I don't think this is a replacement for those things. I'll, I'm just going to say it. Then what the hell is this, Steve? I think this is a supplement <laughs> to those things. A supplement. Yeah, fix something. What I did is I gave you my normal mic stand. Is that what it is? Yeah. I'm just putting this over my head now. <laughs> um, what in tarnation, man? There you go. Don't worry about it uh, so much. Super profesh. It's one of those ones where you really got to crank it down. So hopefully it'll yeah, so, stay put now. So what I mean is like this event's really cool. I, I tuned in to uh, Pliny this morning for a few minutes. Uh-huh. Uh, I was I was working today. Friday's a tough day. I've tuned into Pliny it's for a, a tough few day. minutes. I've tuned in to Mrs. Smith for oh, nice. a few minutes. Um, and otherwise, I've uh, just been uh, – and now I'm here. Now we're here. Now we're here. But uh, like – you're saying it's a supplement. It's not a replacement. Yeah. But did you go look around at, at like the virtual booths? I, and I stuff haven't like done that? any of that stuff. I saw that that existed, and I thought that was a really cool idea. But I haven't checked out the implementation. I think it was it was neat. I'd like to see it be a bit more representative representative of what you would experience at like a NAM or something like that, where you can explore. I mean, you know, they did a pretty decent job. I was looking at the mono one. It's like, oh, here's all our products, and you can look at all the specs for them, and then right. it immediately leads you to retailers and stuff if you want. Uh, and I think they were doing something similar for uh, for Harmony, not Harmony, uh, Heritage. I was Heritage guitars. Heritage yeah. guitars. And I think I browsed the Taylor one really quick, too. Okay. Um, so I think that could be interesting. I think it all comes down to whether or not the brands, the builders, the manufacturers – uh, see value in this as a way to gather around a display date that makes sense right. for the retailers to be like, this is where we're going to announce. If you, I think they all just really want a central place to be like, oh, this is where uh, we're going to announce the new stuff so all the retailers can be on the same page mm-hmm. and have media to share and know what to order from us for you know Christmas sales and things like yeah. that. Well, so I think from that perspective, this works. Like I think this works, and I and I think that is the key: is how big can you make it? How many things can you smash on top of each other? Because at the end of the day, like you and I, we go to Nam. Yes, and we do our our media thing there, and you record you record fifty six videos, and I just high five people, and they're like. Oh, where'd you get that cool 60-cycle hump shirt? Right, right. <laughs> Ryan's really cool, huh? And I'm just like, oh. 
<laughs> Just Are you trying to make me feel bad right now? No. <laughs> There's trying, a reason we moved the podcast from the video. Trying so, to make me feel bad. So people would know what you look like because um, no one knew what you looked like. No, and so, and so, um, but you know, we, we do this media thing. But everyone else at home is just waiting for right. photos to show up on Instagram. Right, that's the thing. Or, or, you know, somebody who went to the show to post their, like, you know, oh, I saw Josh Smith in the Greer Amps booth. Here's a video that I took. And I think all the people are just waiting for that. So, from yeah. that perspective, like, this works. It could, I think it could potentially work. I think they've really put their backs into uh, making this guitar live thing not be an afterthought and they've yeah. put a lot of structure into it and they've gotten a lot of people involved with it. It, I think the, the long-term question is, um, can it become a monolithic thing where a large amount of guitar brands see it as the place to, uh, to announce products, to organize, you know, their yearly right. schedule around it, their, their, their launches and stuff like that. Because right now we're seeing a bunch of products launch, you know, a month or two after what would have been Summer Nam, yeah. people are finally getting their ducks in a row for what they would have been announcing at Summer Nam, and here is Guitar Live right in that period. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It it I think it really comes down to how long this quarantine business uh, keeps you know the lid tight on people from you know being in convention halls with tens of hundreds of thousands of people. Touching the same instruments, breathing the same air, it might be quite a while, guys. My uh, so I, I have don't know. It, I have it on good authority <laughs> that this whole COVID thing is going to end on November fourth. <laughs> <laughs> we just got political. <laughs> Producer Phil's finger is on the button to end us at I'm any not, moment. Steve. I'm not saying any moment. No, I'm saying no matter what happens. It's over. It's over. Right. It's, it's all over. If the Democrats win, then they don't need this hoax anymore. If the Republicans win, then the Democrats will finally admit defeat and give up the hoax. <laughs> oh, my gosh. You know, we're, we're talking to an international audience right now. But everyone knows what's going on here. That's true, too. Uh, so, you know, I predict we've got at least two or three... <laughs> Producer Phil just said, you know too much. <laughs> uh, I think we've got at least two or three more seasons of virtual events like this. It'll be interesting to see if Guitar Live uh, happens again and picks up that torch. Yeah. Or if I, I think another that- organization tries to you know, be the herald for that. Right. But I think it's really one of those things where... It's all got a kind of like because there's all kinds of brands out there that might try to do their own thing, which is sure. which is fine, but it's kind of got to be unified underneath a single thing. Otherwise, it's not really a competitor, or it's not an analog to Nam or other events like that. It's like it's like streaming stuff. It's like there's the big ones. There's mm-hmm. Netflix. There's Amazon. There's Hulu, and they're kind of monolithic, mm-hmm. and everything else is just kind of like. Uh, I'll add that on if it fits my lifestyle sort of thing. There needs to be the monolithic one and then you can have lifestyle ones on the side. Right. But what may, you know, what makes something monolithic is getting, you know, everybody's buy-in. Right. Right. And so that's the trick. Right. Right. And I think that, I mean, it becomes a a much huger thing because they've got, you know, their set amount of sponsors for this and they have, four or five or six virtual booths sort of Mm -hmm. thing. What happens 
two years, three years, maybe if they do this twice a year, six seasons from now, um, and where all of a sudden it's like Nam and you've got hundreds of guitar booths. Right. Is the current setup that they have of the virtual booths going to accommodate that or is there going to have to be a new system, you know? So there's a lot of back in there for them to work on, and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what happens. I think this is an exciting moment in history. Mm-hmm. We've got technology and the abilities of our current technology converging with a need, and uh, you know people who are able to you know be online personalities and communicate uh, you know all kinds of stuff about the products. Yeah. I'm done talking over you. If you want to get a piece, in, no, Steve. I just wanted to say that uh, you know I think I I I agree wholeheartedly. No, I, I think you know I think it's all about. Um, I think that I first of all I think this is really cool. Yeah, and um, I think I think it's totally doable. It's it's all about getting you know the the brands and the industry like in the same space to do the things that they need to do. You know. Yeah, and that and that's that's the trick. And um, this isn't taped. This is this is basically in real time. We are one minute. So for those of you viewing right now on October second, twenty twenty, it is eight fifty four p.m. on the west coast of the United States. We're about one minute ahead of what you guys are seeing on guitar.com. Right. Except and, when the signal is choking, which and, is Ryan's fault. <laughs> Producer Phil is uh, generously copy pasting. Uh, the comments into the private chat area. So we see that people are commenting. So thanks, producer Phil. We, uh, pr- we appreciate that a lot. On to the next ad. Yeah, this next ad was sent by uh, fishrun1. Nope. Fishrun1 at gmail.com. Uh, you did some sort of forwarding thing from uh, your Craigslist browser, and we just saw your email. We don't see your name, yeah, so we don't uh, know who you are. This is a blueberry Indonesian guitar, handcrafted in Bali. He makes guitars for celebrities, songwriters, Michael Franti, etc. Do you know who that is? Nope. Okay, cool. Big sound, awesome craftsmanship. A couple scratches below the saddle. G string tuner is non-original. Uh, well, you know, where I come from, you need to come original. So I'm yeah. not very happy about that. And this is for entertainers. I think all entertainers should come original. Yeah. I mean, I know that's that's controversial, but that's just the stance that I take. This uh, this headstock, I feel like, is very is a very Indonesian design. It's a very yeah. Southeast Asian design. Yeah. Um. This uh, this uh, bridge is similar. I, I actually kind of I really like this thing. I saw this headstock and I was like, that puts me over the edge. I want to talk about this thing. That's really cool carving, but it's also kind of like. Is there a curse on this guitar? <laughs> My, this guitar might be cursed, and that little demon dragon headstock thing might come to life during a full moon and try to oh you know speak to me in Latin or something like that. Its eyes will glow red, its head will turn and look at me, and uh, you know the bridge will come to life because there's carving on the bridge as well. There's actually carving on the sides and uh, back of the guitar as well. You can see I showed a little bit. On the side over here, I didn't include the uh, the back pick, but it's the same kind of carving that you see on the side. Um, yeah, there's. What some... do they want for this? Uh, 
2500 Oh, never mind. Never mind. I don't want to curse that bad. Yeah. Um, I'm not saying like I would pay that much. I just think this there's some real I, I really like that sound hole. The sound hole, the dreadnought hole, yeah, is unique. It's a long oval going the length of the guitar meeting with the uh the fretboard uh with the you know the low E and high E strings uh, being the only fret on that last fret there as the F hole protrudes into uh, the 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 fretboard. I've never seen a a hole that it's shape. Not an F hole. It's just I've a seen sound hole. I, I meant uh, the sound hole. I've 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 seen a lot of holes. Do you even Steve. play acoustic guitar, Ryan? Barely. Oh. For, as a joke, whenever I play acoustic guitar, it's as a joke to make fun of acoustic guitarists. How dare you, sir? But How I don't, dare you? The details, I feel like, are really fun here. Yeah. Like This isn't like, oh, I got an Indonesian guitar, and you're like, oh, so you got something off-brand. It's like, no, I got an Indonesian guitar. Like, a guy in Indonesia made an Indonesian-style guitar uh, the best that he could. This thing looks classy. I like the decorative elements. Even though they're kind of garish and gaudy, they're the right kind of garish and gaudy. With that, you know, cursed demon carving on the headstock and the details on the uh, on the bridge and stuff like that. I mean, I look at that bridge and I'm like, there's no reason that shouldn't be a guitar trend. Is a yeah. decoratively carved guitar bridge this on an acoustic is, so guitar? This, this is like a thing. This is a. Are you looking at his site or something? Blueberryguitars.com. Oh, there's a hand. Two other acoustics on there for three grand. There's some kind of electric guitar that I kind of looks PRSy that I cannot seem to get. A, it's also twenty nine fifty. Um, trying to see if I can get some specs on this electric. Uh, it is handmade in twenty fourteen, and it's got like Seymour Duncan pickups in it. There's no way for us to know. Like this is like a. I'm just saying, like the parts. Yeah. It's not you know this guy's not messing around. Sure, sure. No, the the craftsmanship. There's nothing about these photos that makes me think the craftsmanship on this guitar is anything but fantastic. It's impossible for us to know without being able to personally touch it. But I don't. I thought it was interesting. Reach out and touch. I'm never going to spend big money on a uh, on a grandpa guitar like that. But yeah, uh, I think it's fun to look at. If I saw this in person, I'd be like, I got to hold this thing. I got to check out that cursed headstock. Hold it. You got to touch it. I got to touch it. You got to let it know how you feel. That, that, you gotta, the, the face on the headstock. You got to reach out and touch that face. <laughs> the face on the headstock is scary, right? It does look like a cursed demon, right? Like, I'm not tripping. The eyes, the teeth, the snarl. Yeah. I mean, the rest of it could just be your general kind of like, uh, you know, uh, Asian dragon sort of thing. But that face, man, is kind of haunting. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, that's a very particular style where if you're getting like, like I don't know. I'm, fam- I'm, I'm familiar with that. I'm so sophisticated. No, <laughs> it's just like it looks, it looks familiar to me. Like it doesn't look like you like you saw it in a dream. No, like I've seen it in real life. You saw that demon in real life? <laughs> like, the, the, whatever. Should I pray for you, Steve? <laughs> um, Michael, Michael Krause in the chat says, uh, didn't Django play an oval, a guitar with an oval sound hole? Oh, what are you did. babysitting the chat on yeah. your own now? Damn, yeah, dude. on my phone, like a true professional. <laughs> when I'm not surfing Instagram 
I am watching the chat. Or playing Candy Crush. Yeah. <laughs> in the middle of the podcast. Didn't I do that one episode? Like, yeah, years you were playing ago? like some cat baseball game or something like that. I was like, Steve, we're doing a podcast right now. Please pay attention. And you're like, just, I almost got the high score. Yeah. I'm playing, I'm playing that, that game that Glenn Fricker told me to play. And <laughs> yeah, right. Steve, Steve Terryberry told me to play Gosh. it too. <laughs> next sponsor? Is that what uh, we're doing? Yeah, now? this next sponsor is Chase Bliss Audio. I haven't touched this. I want to touch it. You haven't touched that? You were here last week. I mean, week. like I've slidey slidey it all over the place. Whoa, but I haven't picked it. That's up. not even the new hotness anymore. They've got a new, new hotness. I know. And I'm pretty sure I'm one of the few people that has a demo of because I filmed it at Winter Nam is the new reverb, yeah. the 1978 the DLX. CXM, the nineteen seventy the CXM nineteen seventy eight, which is a this preamp. I got Mark so many II, details wrong. This preamp mark two was a collaboration between Chase Bus Audio and Benson Amps. The CXM1978 is a collaboration between Chase Bliss and Maris yeah. Audio. Uh, very cool. It's a reverb in this format. Got all these slidey slides. It seems it's supposed to be based on some vintage sought-after studio reverb. From 1978. Which solidifies my point that I think these are meant to be studio bling. Yeah. You yeah. know, like there's, there, I see people online complaining or like moaning and groaning about these Chase Swiss pedals that are in these big boxes, have, you know, all these things you plug into and cost a whole bunch of money. Like for studio people, no, that's who these are for. Yeah, you can use them as a pedal, but you say you've got a recording studio, you have a client come in, you're like, hold on, I've got the, just the thing for this, this track. You lay this out on the desk, you've got it all programmed with MIDI and stuff like that. The sliders are jumping all around, beaming Scotty up and down off the planet. And uh, why, is, why are you beaming Scotty up down to the planet? To fix the other beaming array that's on the oh, planet okay. surface. Uh, he's got to get, you know, get down to uh, the planet surface every now and then, too. I, I get your <laughs> point. I get your point, Steve. I made a Star Trek faux pas. But anyways, uh, you know, they're meant to sit down on a recording desk mm -hmm. and impress your freaking studio clients. And it will impress your studio clients. You get that reverb that they just came out with. You put it next to this. The yeah. sliders are going all over It'll the place. It'll be really compact on your board because it's got top-mounted jacks. <laughs> Boom! And, of course... If you are fancy pants and if you're a daring person, you could put this on your pedal board and go play a dive bar with it. You know, go make your $30 and, you know, two drink tickets with your $900 Wait, pedals. You got paid? <laughs> uh, go check out chaseplusaudio.com with a digital brain and an analog heart. They make pedals that are more creative than you yeah. are. I think Knobs has a demo of the new reverb up. So he, yeah, he's yeah. back, guys. Don't worry. He's back oh to making gosh. demos. Uh, that one, I think that's the first one of the set. Uh, I'm thinking about buying one. Buying one, one mean, of the reverbs or one, one of these? One of the re Why would I buy that one? Damn. I, I, you already own it. I'll just borrow it whenever I want. Super Rich Steve going to buy a reverb. I'm not saying I'm going to. I'm saying I'm thinking about going to. Why don't you wait to see if I get one to demo and then you could borrow it, Steve? Because that's not, that's not as much of a flex. <laughs> Steve is all about, like, somewhere Steve has an underground cave where he's, like, storing all these pedals that he keeps buying in a gigless situation that we're all in. I'm building like the, the, he's building the, a wine my cellar own of version pedals. of the guitar nerds, uh, ungiggable rig. <laughs> no, Steve has this underground cavern in La Jolla, California, 
Oh my God. Lit, lit by like candles that are dripping down on skulls mounted into the walls. And it's just like this dusty cobweb cavern and crypt dedicated to the worship of guitar pedals. And it's just like this creepy old cryptic wine cellar with, yeah. you know, like a big pentagram in, in, you know, in tile on the floor and stuff. And there's, it's, it's very dark and very spooky. You know what I listen to when I'm down there, Ryan? Ghost. Ghost. <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, the spookiest, the scariest band. Look at it. That picture is a skull. It's the picture freaking me out. Is multiple skulls. I don't know if you looked at it close. I looked at it the whole time. There's a skull here. There's a skull, skull right here. Oh yeah, there's, that one. there's skulls all over the place in this album art. I feel like I should have made this bigger. Oh well. I, I that's what she said. <laughs> I'm doing the best I can. <laughs> um. This album. I'm going to pull up my notes. Yeah, I want to hear your hot take first. Well, first I want to know. Did you like it or did you hate it? That's, it sounds like a difficult answer. I mean, I feel like it's hard to hate. I just, it wasn't what I expected. <laughs> I think that's fair. There's an, I'll just put, let's, let's start, let's just start. What with did this. you expect? Say so, what you expected. So what, what I have been told, okay, what I expected was um, something like really doomy, like doomy or like a opethy or, you know, I don't know, like metal. Well, I, I was, expected metal. I, I was, wanted metal. I was expecting, because you see pictures of these guys all over the place. They're all in makeup and costumes and stuff like that, wearing, you know, like the medical face mask from the medieval times sort of thing, and the and the skull makeup and the Pope hat. Yeah, they, they have yeah. a whole thing that they do. You, there is one, there's only one member of the band, and that's the singer. He is the Pope. Everybody else is just, I mean, there's only one named member of the band. Everybody else is just... Choir of Nameless Ghouls. That is the rest of the band. They're just, it is Papa Emeritus is the singer, and the rest of the band is. Are you saying that they're like a, like a studio band without actual members, or are you saying that just the, uh, the rest no. of the band are like, are they're just always in costume character? No, I'm saying it's like the Polyphonic Spree, where the only person who, actually, I don't know if it's like the Polyphonic Spree. It's like those people were like family, it's like, Steve. It's like Edward Sharp and the Magnetic Zeros. You know who Edward Sharp is? Okay. But everyone else is just the Magnetic Zeros. Gotcha. So Ghost is the dude who's singing, and the rest of his band is just, uh, like literally on the interview notes for this album, uh, Meliora. It says, um, it says like a nameless ghoul in an interview said. Because, because he doesn't have a name. That's funny. He's just a guy. Well, they're definitely committed to their bit. Oh, yeah. Um, which is part of the thing. This the thing I want to say is this band is very silly. <laughs> yes. Like, if you sit and you, you listen to it, like, I'll, I'll talk about the musical qualities in a bit. But if you sit and listen to the lyrics, it's like, this is... I mean, I reference this band a lot, but this was this is like an Aquabats version of... A satanic band. That's is a I, that's a very uh, it's that's a very good comparison. It's hard to tell where the line between sincerity and parody is mm -hmm. here. Mm -hmm. And there's the one song. Uh, uh, I have a note for it. He is is yeah. so clearly a parody of Christian music. Yeah, yeah. I think you could have taken he is. I I don't know what the exact words are. 
But at least there are huge chunks of it where I was like, could I pull this off in church? I think I could. I well, think I, I think could. with some tweaks to the lyrics, uh, I was sitting there listening to the lyrics and it was basically like, I think describing the devil. <laughs> I think it was, was what's going on there. I wasn't there. listening that closely. So, you know, the, you know, the, the opposite of, you know, uh, Christ, uh, you know, defining himself as I am, they're defining oh. the devil as he is. And I think that's the joke. That's the, uh, that's mm. the theme right there. Um, but, but see then here, you know, I don't know where, how it, I guess it's all over in like the P-Dub circles is the whole, like he greater than I. So I feel like he is already worked. <laughs> yeah. Kind of, I mean, you tweak the, the verses and stuff like that and you could totally turn that into a church song. Yeah. It's, it's full parody to the point of almost deep sincerity. Yeah. Like you cannot make a parody that spot on without being someone who secretly or not secretly has an affection for that kind of music. Like it's too close because right. I could, I could do a parody of church music. We're, we're church musicians, but if I did it, it would be almost more like, Oh, oh here's like dumb stuff. I think about this. No, this was almost, a, <laughs> it was almost a love letter to church music. Right. When and you I sit and listen to it. Yeah. Which by is, church music, you mean Coldplay. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. No, uh, I mean like, like, what is it, CCM or whatever it's called? Yeah, or something like that. no, they're definitely like, that song in particular had very strong vibes. There was one song on You don't here. accidentally do that. They, yeah. they full on, they gave it the sincerity with which Weird Al tackles Madonna. You know Weird Al loves Madonna. Yeah. Yeah, and he shows a, it when he tackles a Madonna song. You know, um, there was another track on here. Uh, let me see if I can remember off the track listing which one it was. Um, maybe it was he is that I'm thinking of. That my other thought on the song was that it sounded. I thought it sounded like America, horse with no name. Okay. Okay, here's is that a, the same song? Here's a point I want to make. Mm -hmm. This is circling around to the sound of the music and uh, okay, sure. the hills being alive with the sound of music. Um, here, here's the thing. It, you said earlier, it's not what you were expecting. It's not what I was, what I was expecting. Because you see the, 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 the visuals, you see mm -hmm. the act, you see the whole shtick of the band in photos. You're like, oh, there's that ghost band again. They must be very heavy or very satanic sounding, very right. inaccessible. There's got to be screaming. And just all kinds of noise happening here. No, this is ah, man. What do you even? It's 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 got this really weird, upbeat classic rock. You know influence. what? The, okay, you want to know what this is, Ryan? What? This is what this is. One, this is uh, a Sticks cover band. But beyond no sticks is sticks is a good call. Like, I was thinking I like, like like all of the synth going on. I'm like, this is sticks. This is Rush. And then with the imagery and everything else, you know what this is? This is a 2004, like, emo kid who grew up on on Sticks and Rush. And they're like, I'm going into my My Chemical Romance phase. I'm going into my Thursday phase, whatever. Like, things are getting weird. Things are getting gothy. I've listened to too much of The Cure, but I still love Rush. I'm going to make this band. It's going to be called Ghost. That's how this band happened. It has to be. It's the only answer. Here's the musical themes, as as I wrote in my notes. You okay. take a bunch of Tim Burton slash Danny Elfman with the musicality yeah. of it, and you mix it with the melodies and songwriting style 
and just kind of whole mentality of this very 70s classic rock pop to the edge of easy listening edge that of was the classic weird, rock. That was the weird part of it. Like you're getting Kansas, you're getting ELO, yeah. you're getting Boston. It's really weird because it's not exa- at all what you're expecting when you see the visuals yeah. of this band. And even when you're listening to the lyrics and what, you know, the, the ideas are trying to convey and trying to be like, oh, oh, oh yeah. get it, we're Satanists. Like, if it's, but if, I'm he- but I'm hearing Peter Frampton. What's yeah. going on this, right now? This <laughs> ghost is what would have happened if instead of um, if instead of doing the soundtrack to Flash Gordon, Queen would have done the soundtrack to The Omen. Yeah. Oh, totally. No, it's this. It's this whole like fetishization of vintage horror movie aesthetic mm-hmm. with upbeat classic rock like yeah. positive sounding classic rock and there but is but here, like here's the thing distorted guitar and stuff like that there are metal metal themes throughout yeah but the the vast majority of the music production is this just really tight almost yeah. easy listening edge of i felt like i don't have a great frame of reference for some of this so i i'll say i don't have a great frame of reference for alice cooper so i don't know where alice cooper fits in this but what i will say is if Rob Zombie is what you play at the want to freak out your 17-year-old kid's friend's haunted house Halloween party. Mm -hmm. Ghost is what you play when you want to have a good time with your (laughs) six-year-old at the happy, happy, fun time Halloween party. Right, right. Like, I I just, I was, like, it's just so strange. And I can only say, you know, I was talking to some people and they said that this album is specifically this way and that the first two albums are a lot more of a, they called it like proto metal, which okay. would be like kind of the, your black Sabbaths and your, right. you know, your deep purples and maybe a little bit of Alice Cooper. Alice Cooper kind of gets into its own sure, sure, sure. shock rock kind of a thing. I expected more, even more of a shock rock sound from this. And that's where it gets weird because it is kind of like doom meets seventies, easy listening. Like I it's, think doom, I was- it's, it's doom sticks. Doom sticks, doom. No, doom sticks. I was honestly, that, that I was honestly expecting like screamo meets Marilyn Manson. Yeah, yeah. No, that's that's kind of. Uh, actually, I don't know if I would have gone screamo because I expected like the guttural. I expected guttural. Right, right. Yeah, totally. But and yeah, I, that that kind of like, oh, you're not going to be able to hear anything being said in these lyrics. But no, it's very singy. It's very singy. Uh, I will say, I thought the music production, the instrumental production. Top notch, like the band going on here. Yeah, they have got it locked in. They oh, yeah. are a great team. The singer could have done without him. I could have done with this being a fully instrumental album. Replace the singer with an instrument playing his melody lines, and I would mm. have enjoyed it a lot better. Uh, there were a few songs where his vocals did work. Okay. And I called them out in my notes. I'm not going to try to read it now. No, go but ahead. in a lot of them, I was just like, oh, this my my note for almost every single song was amazing intro. Yeah, this intro has me hooked. What am I about to get into? And about like a minute and a half later, I'm like, yeah, this song is boring again. So here's the other thing that I realized on my way over here. I listened to it again because I was trying to just remember um, the other thing that this album reminds me of is. Um, an artist named is called Stemage, mm-hmm. uh, who I first discovered uh, back in I don't know the mid two thousands, early two thousands, two thousand three is when this came out. 
he formed a Metroid cover project called Metroid Metal. This is video game music. This sounds oh, totally. like video game music. Oh, to totally. Me. Well, uh, one of my notes was that like this band needs to just score soundtracks. Yeah, yeah. Like the the the, the themes that they're working with, just how tight they are of a production, and the way you know they generate these hooks in the intros and then carry the theme throughout. The band is amazing. Yeah. So I'm I I'm a I'm a big fan of the band. Like I said, I could do without the singer. Yeah. Um, <laughs> sorry, singer, if you're listening, I actually tagged them on Instagram today uh, that we would be talking about them. So sorry, singer, please do not uh, cast a satanic curse on me. All right. What's what's the takeaway? Would you would you listen to would you listen to Ghosts again on your own? Um, you know, I might check out one of their other albums. Yeah, I want to hear one of their other albums. Yeah, I, I don't think there's any reason to not listen to them. I think uh well one one of my notes was um if you're done listening through the darkness discography and you want to <laughs> remain in a kind of humorous metal kind of vibe, but mm-hmm. you want to like chill out a bit and get a little bit more darker and like a little spookier. And this is where you go to, you know, like you put this on a shelf right next to the darkness and you know, it doesn't seem like because darkness is so like glam Mm -hmm. and like falsetto kind of metal, but there's, they're living in the same humor. You know, I believe in a thing called ghost. (laughs) Um, No, I, I didn't want to enjoy it, especially since, uh, I think especially because of the, the because it was so far away from what I expected, I was like, this is weird. And, I, mm-hmm. and the feeling that I get, and I've had this feeling with other music, is it's like when you have an artist that you don't want to like because they put out an album five years. You know, okay, I'll put it this way. Like, I, I'm not a big Green Day fan. And if Green Day put out an album that I listened to, and was like tag Steve in your hate mail. Don't send it to me. Um, well, I'm just making an example. Like <laughs> right, right. I'll, I'll make it. I'll make a real example. Fallout, Fallout Boy. Ugh. Fallout Boy. Ugh. I, I heard this single. real example. Yeah, real example. Fallout Boy. Uh, you know, I remember when they came out. I was just like, oh, I, I'm not interested in this. I don't care about this. These uh-huh. songs are bad. You know, fast forward 15 years. I finally listened to From Under the Cork Tree all the way through, and I'm like, oh no. I'm going to listen to this again and again and Uh again. Now it's my whole thing. Now it's my whole personality. And again. You just wake up one day and you've got snake bite piercings in your lips and stuff and you're wearing makeup and And it just happened overnight. I don't think they wear makeup. I don't know. I don't know anything about Fall Boy. I'm just like writing off the stereotypes that I have about (laughs) what I think of when I hear that name. All of a sudden... Somebody's like, the United States should not be involved in an arms race. And I'm just like, this ain't a scene. It's a arms race. I just, I've been building up to that one. All right. Okay. Thank you. <laughs> uh, this next part of the show is where we say thank you to our folks over at Patreon. Yes. Thank, thank Patreon. over at Patreon. Yes. Uh, if you'd like to support the show, head on over to patreon.com slash 60 cycle hum for where for as little as $1 a month. You can support the show just like Elijah Perella did at the $1 level. Thank Thanks, you, Elijah, Elijah. Uh, for supporting the show. Yeah. If, at the $5 level, I send you a little merch pack. And at the $10 level, you uh, get a little merch pack. Plus, uh, we will take you. Take you. We'll take you on we a trip. We will uh, in a little rocket ship. <laughs> uh, we will uh, post it over to. What am I saying? I don't know. You're rambling. Words? Steve, what are you doing? Um. 
You're um, under the spell of ghost. Yeah, I, they put a satanic hex on you, Steve. Uh, for $10, you get behind-the-scenes access to the 60 Cycle Home Inner Circle on Facebook. Plus, uh, your merch pack's got a couple extra Inner Circle exclusives. So there you go. There you go. Uh, you want to tell us? Oh, we've got one more ad, don't we? Oh, we do have one more ad. I, I always forget about the very last one. So let me pull that up here. And... Uh, then we'll do our thing. It's not this ad. I got to get to the next one. This ad was sent by Dan Pratt. Why won't it let me go? Because it's the other direction. It's F. It's not letting you go any direction. It says there's six. Um, come on. Show it to this me. This is bad interviewing, Ryan. Uh, this is uh, sent by Dan Pratt. It says Squire Strat is in great condition. Paint is still really nice. I took the frets out. And set it up as a slide guitar, mini Seymour Duncan humbucker in the bridge, little 59, I believe, flat wound strings, hung on the wall for a couple of years, and it's still in tune. Plays great. Only thing missing is the strap oh, Thank God, it's still in tune. I won't have to take it to a tech after I buy yeah. it. I, I'm going to speak from experience. How much was this? Uh, I think it was like 60 bucks or okay. something like that. Oh, I didn't capture the price no, did i oh, oh well i'm sorry yeah it was under 100 bucks it wasn't it was kind of normal what you'd expect for you know a bullet squire strap yeah. which is what we're probably looking at here um i'm gonna say from experience being someone who has removed all the frets from a cheap guitar uh mm-hmm. this guitar is only worth that pickup in the bridge <laughs> which is like 60 dollars. it's i think uh if you can, if you count some of the other parts, if you can throw them in a parts bucket and use the rest for firewood, I think you got yourself a pickup here. Because what I learned when I took all the the frets out of a guitar is if you don't fill those fret slots, which mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure this person did not, uh, those frets in those fret slots are a structural thing, just like the windshield in your car is yeah. structural and it holds the roof up to a certain extent. Uh, those frets hold the neck straight to a certain extent, and right. if you remove them all. Mm-hmm. You got a potato chip on your hands. The whole neck kind of bends forward. Oh, yeah! It's like one of those snake wooden snake toys. It's all the cuts in yeah, the yeah, side, yeah. and it just kind of like wiggles around. Uh, that's what you do to your guitar when you take out all the frets and then don't fill them. So, yeah, it's probably in tune just fine. Probably holds tune great. It's also not fun to play a fretless electric guitar. Well, that's why it's set, it's set up as slide. Yeah. Um, yeah, you can do it as slide, but you could also do slide on an electric guitar by putting one of those nut risers on it. Mm. It would be a lot more effective. Um, yeah, I say by, my assessment stands. What do you think, Steve? I'm more interested in that reel-to-reel tape recorder behind <laughs> it. Not for not for recording with it, but just be like, oh, that would look cool to have in the house. There you go. There you go. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm just not super interested in this. People do this. At least they did it to a cheap guitar, I yeah, guess. Yeah, exactly. Um, and at least it has a pickup that might grab your interest in it, you know? Yeah. You're like, oh, I... I, you know what this is, is it's for person a person who's curious about fretless. Like, I've always wanted to try fretless. Pay your 60 bucks, get this, scrap out the pick guard when you realize that it's no fun. But at least you'll have scratched that itch and realized that you should scratch it no longer. Yeah, what it really should say is only thing missing is the strap buttons and the frets. <laughs> <laughs> and a purpose, because this guitar has no purpose. I'll say that. Why did I Confidently as someone who had a fretless guitar. Burn it. No reason for this. That's what I did. I burned it. I think. No, I gave away the fretless thing, didn't I? 
Yeah, you did. Didn't you contest it? Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I put it up on Craigslist. Like, here's a fretless guitar. Come get uh, it. What guitar did I do that to? I don't know. I forget what guitar that even was. Not that it really matters. But anyways, Geronimo Fabregas says, hashtag remember the Mahar. (laughs) Oh, was it the Mahar? Yeah, that was the one you pull all the frets out of. That's right. It was the Mahar. Yeah. For some reason, I thought you gave that one away. No. no. Or you did a contest. I might have given it to the person who wanted it, Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I didn't give it as a podcast contest. It was someone local because I didn't even want to ship the dang thing, you know? Um, so anyways, tell us about the song, Steve. I am dropping the link for people to join into the private chat. Producer Phil, drop that into the regular chat if you could, and maybe people will join us in the after show. If not, we'll, we'll just yeah. call it a night. Uh, this song was sent by Adam Johan Berggren. He says, hi, I have an album coming out October 2nd, which is today. It's a really bizarre psychedelic spoken word slash instrumental album. I'm releasing it on Bizonic Records, my own self-defined a label distributed by DistroKid. Hey, everyone's doing DistroKid. Everyone's doing DistroKid. Uh, Get I, in on I it. I made and produced all the music, sound effects, etc. For guitar, all effects, sounds, etc. We're done with my pedal board only. No post-processing. Voices were processed in GarageBand. Um, and, uh, yeah, so that's it. Go go check it out. He says, um, he actually, we should have, we could have, like, brought him on. We could have planned this. this oh, well. I, I should have read all the email. Oh, well. Um, but, you know, we're promoting this album and I'm going to throw it in there without saying too much about it. We're going to play the song Galaxy's Form. Um, it's narrated by Broderick Smith, who narrated a King Gizzard album, quote, oh. uh, the King Gizzard album, Eyes Like the Sky. Um, oh, maybe we should do them both. You want to play both songs? We'll play. Okay, we'll play okay. Steve, you got me. I'll, I'll put them uh, both in so there. So we'll do that one. And the other one is called A Universe is Born and is narrated by Mike Pershawn, who is a steampunk scholar. He literally has a PhD in steampunk and is a professor of speculative literature at Grant McEwen University in Edmonton. Maybe we should get um, this guy on next time we have a steampunk guitar. And not to promote, I'm not, he said he's not doing this to promote it, but I'm going to drop it. Uh, Adam Johan Berggren is the man behind the analog. Nice. So very cool. Yeah. Uh, a little effects company. Friend of the show. Tech company there. Nanolog, Nanolog. they make a single atom thin components to put in guitar pedals that actually sound yeah really freaking great um so uh for those of you who are on the um uh listen to the audio form enjoy these two tracks yep by uh adam berggren and stay grounded yep see ya uncertainty
Fraction, fragment. 